Okay, guys, we're live for another episode, episode eight, uh, rolling the ball with Alon Beto. I'm Lalo. I'm Beto. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get started in this frankly time. I hope you guys are are uh, doing okay back home. Um, I was just telling Albert that my family finally got the corona. Um, they're fine though. So yeah, hopefully you guys are enjoying soccer at, at the comfort of your casas. Yep. Anyway, um. What do you want to talk about first, man? Uh, I guess we can start off with Man City and yeah. the full end game. Yeah. Um, this is the second game in a row that Man City's winning. Yeah. Um, they won the scoreline by two zero. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of what I'm starting to see is that you know, like they're starting to kind of click a little more, start covering each other a little more. Um, and I think in terms of this game, 2-0 is not a bad scoreline, especially against, you know, a full hand team. You can't always get the 5-0, 6-0, 7-0, 4-1, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in terms of this game, one of the things that I liked that I saw was that uh, Rodri, mm-hmm. he was able to actually cover the back line. Mm-hmm. You know, he was able to step up and do uh, the work that he was got that they got him for. Now, is it because maybe this team is a, you know, a lower-level uh, Premier League team compared to other ones that he was able to do it? That might be a possibility. But the idea that he actually delivered what he was set out to put to deliver, it's a good thing. Another thing that's uh, pretty interesting is that this is the first time in a while that Guardiola uses no substitutes. Like, he went with the starting 11 throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. That's I'm weird. wondering maybe it was... Because he already kind of knew he's going to heavily rotate in the Champions League. Yeah. So he's just like, let me let them play this, and then they, they can rest um, in the midweek. midweek. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's one of those, you know, super rare things to see uh, a Guardiola team do. Are they through in the Champions League yet or not? Yeah, they're through. They're oh. in the first place. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I think um, – uh, they're ahead by maybe by like four, five yeah. points. Um, so it's like they already they already got first place. Uh, in terms of that, I, I read that uh, that the U.S. goalkeeper Zach Steffen is supposed to start uh, as goalkeeper for the for the last game, which again tells me that he's going to heavily rotate because it's like okay, we're already through. Let's get some of these young players or these French players some minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, interesting to see that I didn't see Laporte play. Oh, um, fucking Stones if, played, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he almost he also fucked up. He had like one bad pass or some shit. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> this is, I think, the second game that he doesn't play. Or starts, at least, if I remember correctly. Laporte. Let me check quickly. Where do you check your stats? Huh? Where do you check your stats? I just check them on online, Google. <laughs> okay, I thought you had like a, I know there's a good place. I forget the name of the website, but uh, yeah, it was just, it was the same. It was the same um, backline. I said Kyle Walker was different, but it was Diaz and Stone starting as the center backs. Yeah, and he didn't use Laporte, Laporte again. Maybe because he was injured or something. But that's interesting because you know, just last season, you know, that was like 
one of the untouchables. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we see him that he starts starting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I only saw the highlights and it was what, uh, a penalty? They scored mm-hmm. a bit of a penalty and then who scored the other goal? Sterling. Oh yeah, Sterling. Mm-hmm. Right. Um so I think the interesting question that I have for you is, you know, they're going against Man United next week. Right. And they're both like these last two games, they, they've both like um, uh, displayed a shadow. Well, at least for City, they've displayed a shadow of its old self, whereas Van Yu is just being sporadic, in my opinion. But who knows? Maybe it's they're turning around the season. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you see happening in this next First of all, yeah, who do you got? And then what do you see happening in this next uh, matchup? Look, uh, most of the games, wherever Man City plays, I tend to give it to them just because uh, the type of style they play. The problem with Man United, though, is that um, one of the reasons why Man United tends to stutter against big, I mean, small teams, it's because the teams ask them to be like the ones that have the ball. They're the ones that are supposed to control the game. Mm-hmm. And then I used to that. Their game is counterattacking. Mm-hmm. And so when you play against teams that expect you to be the dominating one um, and they catch you off on their counterattacks, they tend to lose. The thing is that when they play teams with that, that you kind of expect them to control the game, they do really well because that's what they're programmed to do, which is mm-hmm. counterattacking. And so for Man City, you know, I think the previous two games that I, I remember, uh, they've lost Man United at home um, because of the same reason. I think there was one game maybe like was just last season or two seasons ago. They were up 2-0 in halftime. Ended up losing the game, I think, 3-2 three, three, or 4-2. Are you talking about City? Yeah. Yeah. Against Man United. It's just for that same reason that, that you know, Man United's uh, style is about penetrating and counterattacking. So um, if I had to choose right now, uh, I'd still probably give it to Man City just because, Mm -hmm. you know, they control that walk well. It's about making mistakes, and if they make the mistakes that, you know, that Man United is expecting them to, then I definitely could see Man United taking it. But right now I'll probably give it to Man City just because they're coming in in better form. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I think for me, this is, this is going to be, this is very interesting matchup, not just because of its two big clubs, but because of what's kind of like what their season has been like. And I think that it would, whoever loses, I know someone's going to lose. I don't see this being a tie. Mm -hmm. Um, whoever loses, it's going to hurt their, um, their morale pretty badly. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I would probably say city too, but, uh, it's just yeah. that Man U has this who, who who you know whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know they 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 beat three they scored three on on West Ham and they're like very very solid defensively. Mm-hmm. You know how do they why who knows man and um, yeah so that I think so that's definitely one of the matches for this weekend. Were you gonna say something? I was gonna say that exactly that's that's what I meant. Like you know I'm giving it to Man City. But realistically speaking, it's like it's like a fifty-one forty-nine kind of percentage, <laughs> honestly. Where you know, yeah, I'm giving it to Man City that they might win it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Man United, Man United won it. 
mm-hmm. for that same reason that they tend to step up when they play like these big teams. When you see them play against PSG, not that PSG, I mean, they're really good. They have a good, good team, right. squad, good coach. They step up. They yeah. play this style that, you know, that's incredible. But again, it's because PSG is expected to dominate. PSG mm-hmm. is expected to hold the ball, push the team forward, and then Man United gets them in a counterattack because that's what they have. They have speedy players and Marshall, uh, Rashford, you know, uh, Daniel James actually kind of fast too, which is horrible uh, finisher. Um, and then with Pogba's ability to pass, you know, Vanderbeek's uh, creativity as well. Like that's why I I I, I see it going either way. Even mm-hmm. though I'm saying that Man City might take it, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Man United takes it as well. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> these, yeah. these guys. These guys. Um, okay, so what about what happened with, uh, let's see here, Tonham, dude. No, I'm looking at the wrong match day. Yeah. Uh, not, not Tonham, dude. Liverpool. Let's talk about Liverpool, dude. Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. That was a clobber, huh? You know, it's, it's interesting because I'm thinking to myself, 4-0, that's a big scoreline. Yeah. Um, and then, and I, uh, good for you know Liverpool. Uh, they delivered like always. Um, they allowed, I think, fans. This was the first match day that they allowed fans in. And you know, and and uh, Jurgen Klopp after the game, you know, he said he was thankful that the fans were all the fans that were there for. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, Liverpool four zero is that the scoreline because of the power of the fans kind of thing. You know, that the ability that they motivate you to want to keep going forward, um, you know, also being able to get into the to the psyche of the opposite team's players. Yeah. Um, the other part, too, is that, let's say, for example, and, you know, it might not might not be, might be, but Wolves is without one of their, you know, talismans now, apparently, uh, Jimenez, because of the injury. Yeah. How much of that affect, how much would, did that affect the team as well? Just because one of the things about, uh, Nuno Espirito's team uh, whoops is that he keeps the lineup consistent mm-hmm. right and because of the consistency they kind of they build their chemistry they build their understanding they know how to do the runs and everything you know um, now that they don't have their center forward that's that's the consistent one I think it might have played a little um, effect to it right because they couldn't they couldn't deliver like they usually do. Um, some of the plays that I saw, they, they should have at least uh, gotten one or two goals in, but mm-hmm. nothing was able to, they weren't able to capitalize and finish it. Yeah, so regarding, so yeah, I think that if we were to rank them, you know, I was, I only saw the second half and um, I saw that forward line and the way they were playing, I'm like, dude, there's no way they're going to score. Mm-hmm. Like, and and but mainly mainly not just because of like a creativity but because Jimenez was in there you know um, even if he didn't score he just gives this element this piercing element if you will um, uh, so you know on, I think what happened did they did they tie last week or barely win last week they barely won I think one zero no they t- they tied with Brighton right one one no 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 yeah, well, no, 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 Liverpool, Liverpool, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we're, we we have these, like, 
these performances with like lower level te- lower ranked teams for lack of a better word um where they seem to struggle but then when it comes to like a uh bigger heavyweight you know they they kick ass for whatever reason um and in regards of the fans you know when i when i was when i was watching it i was like i don't know for me like being a professional is to be able to perform even under pressure i think that's what a professional is at this level but then it's not like at least in our case or in their case it's not even just that it's also that you know there's the coronavirus too you know and they haven't seen their fans in a long time and you know it, it's probably more than just having their fans there it's having their fans in in the context of the whole situation and so i do think that that definitely might, might have played a role now would the scoreline have been dramatically different uh maybe i think liverpool would have still won they they mm-hmm. they were just so dominant you know they they i you when you see a performance like this from a team like this, it's like I, I get the sense of how how will you stop them? But then, but then you remember that a week ago they couldn't beat Brighton. <laughs> yeah, and so you're like, okay, well, there's that, um, and and uh, but yeah, so so again, I, I think I've said this, you know, Adama Traore just in the second half. I it was I don't remember much from him. You know, Potence was subbed off. He started putting like kids inside, like uh, that Silva kid, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, he just he just got beat, man. And you can tell it on his face if you see the game. He's just like, it's just one of those nights. Just one of those. Yeah. Nights. You accept it and you move on. Yeah. Um, do you know when Jimenez is gonna be back? Uh, that we don't know yet. Um, I was reading some reports saying that because of the fracture, uh, he might even come back. He might have be forced retired. What? Uh, really? Yeah. His um, head got fractured. Yeah. Holy shit, he, dude! He actually got a crack on the skull. Um, that sucks. And then, um, but you know, the coach is saying that he is going to come back. Um, they just got to give him his time and not rush anything because his safety is more important, of course. Um, yeah. But I want to go back to what you said about, like, you know, Liverpool definitely winning and stuff like that and then losing against small teams. I think that's the thing with big teams, right? Um, uh, you know, it's like that they're expected, again, just to repeat myself and reiterate, they're kind of expected to be the dominant force, the one that's going to control the plays and, you know, move the game the way that they want to. And because of that, you know, the, the small teams tend to be very defensively and they counterattack on the game because – you know, they'll leave only like one or two people in the back and that's how they end up winning. Yeah. Because most of the time I've seen what you would consider a small team win, they win by one or two goals. Yeah. Like that very random, rare, you know, scoreline of, oh, shit, they barely won by that one goal. Um, And so I think that's it, right, for Liverpool as well. Because when they play against the big teams that are supposed to perform as well, which is like Man City, Man United, um, Chelsea, um, and Tottenham, but uh, they kind of struggle. Now, Tottenham, they struggled because it's a Mourinho team. And that guy is like, I'm just going to park my bus, go defensively, and try to get at least a point. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Um and I think Wolves, you know, we can consider it 
maybe a middle table team mm-hmm. because they also t- like to take the game to you. They don't like to just sit back. You know, most of the time you'll see them second half, they just go and attack you with everything they got, which is what, you know, ends up happening is that it leaves them open for the counterattacking team. So if you see the scoreline, three of the goals were in the second half compared to the one in the first half for mm-hmm. the same reason that they're like, okay, we're going to go and just give it our all. And that leaves them open to that, mm-hmm. you know, because then again, you see the, you, when you see them, like let's say Liverpool, Man, Man City, then you get this, like you either get a very even scoreline, three, four, two, three, or you get a very open scoreline, five, zero, five, one, four, four, one, whatever, because they're both attacking consistently. And one of them is either not finishing the place um, and the other one is, or they're both finishing the place, and it's who, and after the 90 minutes, who ends up with both goals? Right? That's what we tend to see. Um, going co- kind of quickly, just kind of like a side note, going back to the smaller teams, um, I think South, uh, who is it? Sheffield. Sheffield is like at the bottom of the table, I think. And it's so crazy how. You know they lost their goalkeeper to Man because he's a Man U. He was on loan mm-hmm. for Man U, and now he's at yeah. And and it's so crazy. I do feel like if they still had their goalkeeper, they would have not been there. They would have you know they're losing by one zero, one one, or or two one or whatever you know. And and it's just an unfortunate situation. Something kind of like I I'll never understand is or I don't know what went down, you know, because here you are having a, a, a decent season, you know, with Sheffield United, mm-hmm. but then you get convinced to go to Man U that, yeah, that you'll somehow beat out David De Gea, mm-hmm. um, which it is possible. Like it's not out of this world, yeah. um, but then you get, but then the risk is having this season, right? What, what's, which, which was that David has been starting. Yeah. Now he's injured and finally you have a chance to play, but you know, to not be playing all those matches yeah and and then your career is only so is only so short i was just thinking about how like just think about a lot of these like i wouldn't say like top just like any random striker and just how long they last or a forward how long they last and that's like what five years maybe 10 like seven years at, at best um, in terms of like a peak peak striker not like the professional career mm-hmm. but um i was just thinking like, I, I wonder what he, they told him to be like, hey, like, trust me, like, he's going down, you're going to be up, you know, you're a Man U prod, product, uh, product of Man U, so we're probably going to start you ahead of him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, so what about Tottenham, dude? So what do you think? What do you think about that team? You know, Mourinho, Mourinho already talking shit. I think it's interesting. You know, I feel like we can make a graph now where Mourinho sucks and then he gets good. And then once he starts talking shit, he's probably at the peak of his ass into it, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, peak of the curve, right before he he himself crashes his own team, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like like getting in a fight with Harry Kane or mm-hmm. or Song or or whatever, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, it's interesting when in the beginning of the beginning of the season, remember I was like, okay, we gotta watch out for Tottenham, especially with Mourinho. And then they started off kind of shitty, and I was like, ah, fuck. I guess I was wrong. And now they're, like, delivering the score lines that they need to get. They're getting them. Um, Freaking Harry Kane and Son are, like, scoring continuously or assisting continuously every week. Um, And when they're not, 
they're delivering the tactical nuisance that Mourinho's giving them again with Liverpool. Like he was probably just told them just shut the fucking door, don't let these assholes in, and they did. And you know, and I, and I, I read that I think Klopp was kind of mad because he's like, oh, this he, this guys didn't come to play; they just came to close the door. Um, mm. I think you're right when he's when he's at this at arrogance levels because he's like peak Mourinho. Um, and the interesting thing is that you know most of the most of his um, managerial career, you see that in the second season he tends to win, you know, whatever division he's in, mm-hmm. minus the Man United as one, mm-hmm. and that was only because Man City was like yeah. you know head above everybody else, like they were just at another level. Yeah, but if you discounted, you know. Man City from that season, they would have won it. Man United would have won it. Mm-hmm. And so now again, this season, Tottenham is like, I think they're tied with the Liverpool, right? On points. Yeah. Um, Because he's getting them to play, you know, the way that he likes them to play. Defensively astute with counterattacking, um, you know, bliss. And, you know, it, it's interesting that he's not even using... Bale as a starter. Maybe he's not up to that level yet or he's not there anymore because, I mean, last season he was basically a bench homer throughout the whole thing in Real Madrid. Um, but he's not using what, you know, what he kind of got for to be kind of a secret weapon and he's delivering all these score lines. You know, they, they beat Arsenal 2-0. Arsenal, I think they're in a transitional period where they, they, and it, it's unfortunate because, like, you know, you can see, I think it was um, uh, Marcelo Bielsa said when he played Arsenal, mm. this, uh, he praised Arteta and he said that he's, he, Arteta is implementing and doing things with this team, that I guess in terms of tactics that he has never seen. Mm. And he was very impressed and he was, you know, praised him and everything. But it's like, um, he's, either too young to be able to fully, you know, or doesn't it lacks that charisma to fully implement it, or he's still missing the certain players that he needs for his style. Mm-hmm. Either way, you see the Tottenham game, national game, it's you, you could just see the level of disparities between those two. Now like where, where it once was Tottenham was at the bottom. Yeah. Arsenal was on top. Now you can just tell that Tottenham's on top. And Arsenal's at the bottom. It's, it's just, it's very, it's unfortunate for, you know, for the Red fans. Um, but just Tottenham's a lot more clinical. They're a lot more, um, what's it called? They're a lot more stronger. They're a lot more united. And I think that's one of the things that about um, Mourinho, why? Because the interesting thing is going to be to see how they are next season. Because again, he, he does like a three-year cycle thing. And as I was watching his um, the Tottenham All or Nothing documentary, I was like, oh, I can see this guy motivating them. I can yeah. see him, how he gets them hungry to want to win something. But at the same time, I can see how he burns out the players because he'll be like, oh, you're not understanding his words, but he's like, oh, you, you're playing like shit yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you imagine if we, somebody tells you that all the time, like, at one point, you're just going to be like, fuck this shit, you know, like, or just get tired of it. Um, and so that's what I see right now. It's like he's getting he's getting this Tottenham uh, team, you know, hungry. 
he was giving them that desire to just um, not think that they that they should get something, but that they deserve something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's why it's getting them to place it to 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 me at least at a and more explosive and stronger level than Pochettino ever got them to. Mm-hmm. And I think it was only because Pochettino, you know, he did liberate, he made this team good and everything. But one thing that, uh, again, Mourinho said is that he never won a title. Mm-hmm. And so Mourinho knows what it takes to be a title winning team. And he's given them that mentality. Um, but in terms of this game, it was just, it was just, there was just no equality. You could just see that Arsenal yeah. was going to lose. The the they might have controlled the game and moved the ball a lot more in possession, but it's whenever Tottenham got got the ball, they just looked like they were going to score, mm-hmm. and there was nothing that Arsenal could do about it. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's I think I think credit what credit is due for Mourinho. You know, he he he's not starting Bale. Um, He's not. He's not. He's not starting Deli Alley as well. He like just told him straight out. Well, at least what I read, he was like, "Dude, you need to like step it up." And he's not starting him. And you know, like, yeah, you know, just just kind of not caring about what people might think and just doing what you got to do to get the team forward. Now, there's like a, there's like two interesting questions. Um, you know, kind of like. Like with the whole bail situation, again, very misfortunate, but you know, how like there's only so I think, you know, unless you're like a prodigy. I, I don't think we should go this route though. Kind of just more of a comment. You know, he wasted his most of his years in Real Madrid and, and like do you think he could still he's still good enough to go and play at like at Tottenham? Or I, yeah, I, I guess I'm just thinking out loud here because but anyway, I, I don't want to kind of talk too much about that. Um, the other thing that I was going to say, which is interesting, is, you know, do you think that there is kind of a difference, you know, between there's like two types of managers, right? And this, this is going to sound very obvious at first, but I guess maybe not. You know, those managers that are able to like win titles, right, or manage big teams, and then those managers that only ever manage like middle teams and lower teams. Oh yeah. Right. And and I guess my my point being with that is that if you were to switch them around, they would not be successful. Yeah. Um. If you if you send Mourinho to like uh, an Everton, mm-hmm. like I like okay maybe maybe he would be successful, but maybe he wouldn't. Versus if you sent like a fucking Nuno Espirito Santo to like a Man City or or a Real Madrid, you know mm-hmm. he wouldn't because. And I don't know what it is like, you know, they're just always thinking um, the problems that they're able to solve um, with a bigger team. Um, those solutions aren't present with like a lower team, maybe, yeah. you know, or, or like the, the tools you have. It's yeah. like, what am I going to do with this? I've never used a Messi before, you know, a yeah. guy who can just do that. Like, so you don't even think about, oh, like, you know, how about we focus here and then let them let them just run through this flank yeah. or whatever. You yeah. know, so what do you think about that? I think you're right. I think um, there are definitely, you know, I guess m- many levels of coaches, but the the idea of like one of them can t- can lead big teams and can't do small teams, another one can lead small teams and not do big teams is there. Um, can you 
I was like, you know, usually when they when they bash on like let's say players like uh, people like Guardiola, can you imagine somebody, you know, like let's say Sean Dyke being able to control a team of such big egos like you know like um what's it called uh, Real Madrid, mm-hmm. you know. It takes a it takes a Jose Mourinho to be able to control a team like that mm. because he's like, it. I'm gonna make the show about me, mm. you know, and and, and it just, this this team is not gonna be bigger than me because I'm gonna think I'm bigger than me. Same thing. I think that's why Zidane was able to deliver there too because it's Zidane. He was a legend of the club, so the team so the team members felt respect and, and admiration for him, where he was like, okay, we're gonna do this, and they never questioned him. But when you put, you know, play, um, managers that are, if you put managers that aren't up to it, like at that level, like for example, when Manuel Peregrini was there, mm. um, they're not going to be able to deliver. Now we can argue that maybe he would have delivered if Guardiola wasn't wasn't there. Yeah. But you know, we'll never know about that. And then even then, because even in Man City, when he was doing Man City, um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said that they were a big team. I would have said that, you know, they have a team. It's a team with a lot of money, but it still doesn't have that. It yeah. still didn't have that, you know, grandeur that they that they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, too, that's what you're starting to you see it with uh, with Arsenal. Like, you know, they might not be, you know, big, big, but Arsene Wenger made them to get to a certain point. And so he leaves and you bring in a coach, Unai Emery, which, again, I, I don't I don't mind. I always liked it when he was with Sevilla. Yeah. But because it was a Sevilla was like a mid to lower level team. Yeah. That's his, that's the way he can get teams to play. Mm. And I think that's why he struggled with Arsenal. That's why he struggled with PSG. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I just think that certain things allow certain coaches to be able to flourish in the different environments. Now I will say though, the only one that I, the two coaches that I that I feel like you know that can go either way, um, and just because it's from like from what we've seen, um, is um, Mourinho and Klopp, mm. and I will say because you know Klopp started with Mainz, which wasn't a big team, yeah, got him to a certain level, that was good. They put him to Dortmund. Where the team wasn't as good, still I think they were they were like ending up in the middle of the table. Yeah, got him to go all the way up again, and now he's the Liverpool. Which again, when he got, I get that the historical aspect of it made him a big team, but yeah. they weren't a big team. You know, that's that's yeah. the thing. I think that's what helped them that 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 historically they were big, but they weren't big, and mm-hmm. so he took over. You know. Uh, a, a team that was falling down again and he got him to become this powerhouse all over again. Likewise too for Mourinho, you know, the teams that he makes the big success on are teams that they, they kind of discounted already, which is, you know, Porto, he delivered the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inter, when it, the squad was like in, in um, decline, he delivered the Champions League. Uh, Chelsea, he managed to establish it a, a, a power team with the purchase, of course, of uh, Primovich. Um, and then Real Madrid, like, he got them to be able to, again, establish themselves 
over Guardiola, even if it was just one year. The fact that he was able to do that and deliver, that tells me that he delivered what, what he promised that he was going to do, which was knock down uh, Guardiola's Barcelona off the perch. Mm. Um, those two coaches are the only ones that I've seen that have been able to kind of show on both levels, but only because, like I said, club calls takes him from being here to making them that. And right. so there's just the, the, the support. I mean, the, the relationship is already there. Mm-hmm. And then for Mourinho, because of his, of his um, like do or die kind of mentality, he yeah. gets the small clubs to perform for him. And he gets the big clubs to understand that, you know, if you listen to me, we can do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, again, we haven't seen Guardiola be able to like, be able to do that. Now for me, it doesn't discount him. It doesn't make him all oh, that he's less than both of these coaches, because again, I don't think I can, I don't know if I could see Klopp going to Barcelona and delivering the success that Guardiola has. Even mm-hmm. now where the people consider his Liverpool team the best team in the, in the world uh, after, you know, Bayern Munich apparently because they're, they're up there. Um, he's still not delivering the success level that Guardiola delivered, right? Um, the, the idea that Guardiola got a, a team, this is to me, it's just, this is the crazy part. Guardiola made a team so good that every year you were expected to win every single title. And if you don't, it's not a success. Like, that's the level that he does, that Barcelona does, that Messi does. And it's 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 it's, it's an incredible thing that people don't see how much pressure they're put on because how much they expect from them because of how great they are, mm-hmm. right? Even when he won, was it two years ago? Guardiola won all three domestic titles on on yeah. uh, on City, yeah. and it was like, but did he win the Champions League? <laughs> like, it's incredible the the amount of you know success that he is that he's established to say that because he didn't win the Champions League, he's had a failing season. Because right. Barcelona didn't win the Champions League that year where they won the doubles, they had a failing season. Because Messi hasn't won another Champions League. He's not as good as Ronaldo. Like, it's fucking crazy. Like that level of um, ass that people put on them now because of how great they are. Um, I just don't understand how people don't understand that. How people don't get that. You know, because again, Guardiola hasn't won the Champions League. Liverpool just won the Champions League the season after. You know, they won the Premier League, and they were okay with that. Just we won the Premier League. That is levels. That is different type of levels that, to me, it's like it's astounding. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I think it's. I think there are two things happening there. One is just you know the, the narrative that they that they have. Oh, we haven't won the Champions League in so many years, and this is the first one. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But then the second one, it, it's. Yeah, I, sometimes I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I just don't know what people are thinking in, in that. Um. I haven't heard too much about uh, this being the best Liverpool team. This this Liverpool team being the best team in like the decade. Or, I mean, technically we're in a new decade. So, um, but in the last 10 years or something, I haven't heard too much about it or anything at all. But 
I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, when when people start talking about the Messi and Ronaldo discussion, um, which sadly is dying off now, and in, in not not in who's better, but in like how much people are talking about it, just because they're in their twilight years, yeah. which is kind of sad, but whatever. You know, there's there's this interesting silence that I think I get the sense that we all acknowledge. You know, when we by 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 saying when we ask the question, is Messi the best player in the history or is Messi better than, than Pelé? But then we don't ask that about Ronaldo. I think that that silence is secret. And, and that's from a lot of people, even, even the people who might say Ronaldo is better because they're not asking that question. Mm-hmm. I think that there's this, this weird silence where subconsciously or consciously they acknowledge, they acknowledge that, but, but um but I, I don't know. I, I just don't know how people how people process, you know, the game. Um, and, and regarding Jurgen Klopp and and going to Barca like that, that would be a very weird but interesting experiment. Um, I think Barca would be successful and definitely not as as Pep and 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 they, Liverpool is a good team, but they're nowhere near like that that Pep's Barca team. Yeah, you know, that 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 style. Um, Messi, I like, dude. Like, I was watching. I'm watching soccer now, and I don't see another player dominating the way Messi used to dominate. You know, like yeah. you see, you see Salah give do a give and go, and then run into the space, maybe cut and shoot. But there's no like he passes, he beats one defender, he beats this other defender, and then he, he shoots. There's no like, it's all very tactical. It's all very, to a certain extent, clinical. Where it's like, okay, you move here. Once the space is open, you go that position. He passes the ball to you, and blah blah blah. There's, you know, it's almost, and, and you know that 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 you know that Messi like or even Brazilian flair like that. All of that's kind of been missing these past couple of years. Yeah, um, not completely missing, but but it, you know, and it's like only now am I starting to appreciate, you know, the Messi of old age yeah. or or whatever. Yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, I think you're right. I think uh, in terms of, like, the whole dominating thing, you know, I think a couple of years back we were saying – people were saying that it was going to be Mbappe mm-hmm. um, just dominating. But, you know, he's had a small decline this year. Yeah. And Holland stepping up. Like, yeah. you know, uh, you we thought maybe that it was going to be uh, – after them, it's probably going to be, like, Hazard or something, you know. But it's Hazard's, like – I think that it's just the trade going to Real Madrid was not – it just seems like it's it affected his career, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're you're right. Like it's just the dominance that that, that like Messi had, or even or even um, Ronaldo had. You're not seeing it anymore. Um, and one of the things, like you said, that made Messi so special, and it's just like so off from Premier League, but um, it's just that it's the creativity, the 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 fluidity to be able to create something out of nothing or something that you people would say is special because you didn't expect it to. And I guess what you're trying to say is that you, what you see is that sometimes when we see players like with Claude, with uh, Salah and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, they're finishing off, but it's something like they might've trained, right? Like something that was like from the training ground where like, we're going to practice this and you're going to run through this space when this player pulls in and all that stuff, right? Instead of what the hell did he just do? Like, how did he think about that? And, make that happen right um yeah i definitely agree with that as well 
yeah. Anyway, I think um we should wrap it up unless there was another match you wanted to talk about. They were dying to talk about. No, it's about it. Uh, I just quickly touch. I guess the Chelsea won three one. Um, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> no, Pulisic, my boy, came back. Yeah. Um, uh, and you can tell, at least in terms of Chelsea, you can tell the difference. Christian Pulisic, I would not be surprised if he starts um, in one in the in the next five years. He ends up in the top top uh, five of like you know the golden ball and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he is a special player, and you're starting to see in Chelsea how he influences their game completely different. There's a lot more creativity, uh, more attacking. Um, he's he's he has like that small. Maybe like a like a two percent kind of messy style. Yeah, he just pops something randomly out of his pocket and he does something special. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see them when Leeds Leeds also gave them a, a run for their money. But it's just Chelsea is a very stacked team, and I am not surprised that they're going to be fighting it out there for the Premier League this season. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, with Chelsea. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been like I've never wanted to watch a Chelsea game. I've never been like, oh, Chelsea's <laughs> play, and I want to watch it. You should watch it. One, one of these. Let's see who do they play next week. I mean, I do watch the big ones, right? Because because they're they're actually oh yeah, watch the next one. It's against Everton on Saturday. Um, even but even that one, I'm just like, dude, Everton right now is is, <laughs> is playing you know pretty badly, and, yeah. and so it's like I know I I can see what's gonna happen. They're just gonna, or maybe not. <laughs> maybe Everton wins, man. Yeah, you know. Um, but I'm just glad they finally fucking benched fucking uh, Kepa, dude. You know, that's yeah. yeah, like that I would say that I think Chelsea. One of the things that's happening Chelsea is um. Thiago, Thiago Silva. Oh, yeah. Their defensive line seems a lot more in communication, a lot more sturdy, more stronger. Um, and I think it's, he brings the years of experience as a leader uh, into that back line and just, you know, he bosses them around and tells them what to do. And, and you can tell. You can definitely tell the difference between their defensive line before and after him. Mm-hmm. Like, keep in mind, the first game that he played, he, he did a shit show. Yeah. He, did a, he did like two, three mistakes and let the goals. But after that, and the, when he's been playing, he's been delivering. Yeah. Oh. Christening, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Want to do fantasy or not? Yeah, sure. Okay. And your source? Uh, sure. Let me see here. I don't have this pulled up. Give me a second. So I did I did pretty bad with all my hold on fantasy players, but certain players did really well. That really boosted my score. Okay. Um, here we go. Points. All right. So share screen. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Leno, dude. I'm gonna sell this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> So Gabriel Leno probably gonna get more West Ham defenders or something. Okay. Um, or maybe Zuma. Who knows? Because I still have a. Anyway, total. Total was seventy-two. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so 
the reason I pick, okay, so, you know, we talk about Mane and Salah, but there's a reason why I pick these guys. Like, if I were to, if I were to sacrifice someone, I'd probably sacrifice Son, even though he's probably doing, um, soccer-wise, he's doing better. Yeah. But I'm really playing the algorithm, dude. I'm not even playing who I think is better or whatever. Um, fucking Calvert-Lewin, dude. I think I'm going to sub him up for, I had Jamie Vardy in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I sold some of my uh, Leeds players, and then yeah, I saw that. I'm like, I only see two. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm Not thinking Bamford. <laughs> Except Bamford, yeah. He scored. Yeah, he he's a uh, he he needs like a a nice guy who can feed him a pass or something. Yeah. Like a guy who can feed him a pass. Yeah. Um, Martinez, dude. What he didn't play or what? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I guess not. <sighs> Fuckers. Look, two of my players didn't play. That's what I get for not. <laughs> All right. I still, it's a good score. You got a, good, a lot of good points because of um, uh, Salah. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Well, this one is mine. Let's see. Share screen, Okay, see? Yeah. Yeah, so I have Ederson as goalkeeper. Um, the most players are the ones that let me down. Um, <laughs> Silva. I had Pulisic and Son. Yeah. Um, which delivered some good points. And then I, I thought I traded this guy, but he's still in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so... It's not bad. Uh, not bad at all, dude. Yeah. For the people that get highest points, like, I don't understand how they do that. I don't know if they just get the... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they cheat the system. There's no way you can get wick in, wick out those points. Yeah. If you're not... Because even if you trade all your players, then... Um, you lose points. Unless you start from the beginning. You know, you create a new account. And then... Yeah. Well, this is a question because I know, like every 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 um every uh, match date, they allow you to do some free trades at least just one where it would go for one week, and then it goes back to the original one. Yeah, but I'm talking about like a consistent person who's always getting those, like one person, right? You only have like one of those. You have uh, um, yeah, you have one free trade, then you have. Um, what else do you have? Do you have other stuff like the wild card, which is like a yeah. shit show? They're not gonna get them. <laughs> so yeah, that's <laughs> but anyway, cool stuff, man. Yeah, all right. So next week, that this weekend, definitely Man City, Man United. Um, the Everton Chelsea game is gonna be good. Um, Let's see what else. Crystal Palace on him. It was a good game as well. I don't know, dude. Maybe. And like Crystal Palace is one of those teams where like when they go into like shit and you're like, oh, they're gonna get beat, and then they fucking beat like a big team. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, there's always that like outlier. Mm-hmm. Fucking Aston Villa, dude. They're going back to their old ways, man. <laughs> yep. 
Exactly. Uh, I was like, because I used to say Jack Grealish was overrated as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he started doing well, and then now nah, he's not doing shit. Maybe he'll do shit this weekend. I don't want to start talking shit again, but there you go. <laughs> that's all he needs. Yeah. Yeah, he's such a diva, dude. Yeah. I know. Anyway. All right, guys. So this has been another episode with uh, Rolling the Ball with Alon Beto. Um, mm-hmm. Check us out on the social media platforms. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll see you next week. I'm Lalo. And I'm Beto. All right. See you. All right. Peace.